I'm Denise. I'm the Scottish one. And she's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise, the English one. And she's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Editing Podcast. So this time around, we're going to chat about four writing-related bits and pieces where we frequently hear people saying, oh, but that's a US English thing. When in, in fact, their usage has far broader appeal. Yeah, I've really been looking forward to this episode <laughs> <laughs> because I think that even in the professional editing community, there are still some misunderstandings around certain aspects of written mm, language. Definitely. And it's really important that we knock these in the head, particularly given that writers and editors are often working with colleagues and for audiences way beyond their national borders. Exactly right. So the first one is IZ spellings. So we're talking about words like organisation, realising, rationalised, um, all spelt with a, a final Z. Um, using a Z is not an Americanism. It's a no. standard variant in British English through, yeah. um, though most of the time using an S is fine too. Um, now, the thing to say about this is that the use of the Z is far from new. It hasn't just crept in in the past few months or years <laughs> or even decades. The Z spelling has been around since, wait for it, the 16th century and that is old. <laughs> it's really old and just to reiterate what Louise said it's not quirky usage in British English it's standard. Mm. Lots of publishers ask for it in their style guides and if you're planning and submitting for example a paper to a British journal you really mustn't assume that they'll want the S variant. Check their style guide first and you'll be surprised how many publishers prefer the Z style. Yep. Now, there are some verbs that in US English um, take a Z, whereas in UK English, um, they ask for an S. So we'll put together a little PDF resource for the show notes um, in the show notes with a reminder of these. But for now, um, we're looking at things like analyze, catalyze, electrolyze, paralyze, breathalyze, dialyze, hydrolyze and psychoanalyze. <laughs> Well done. That's quite a list, yeah. I know. And, yeah, they are, and the interesting thing to put about them is they all end in Y, M, S, E, mm. not, not I. So it's Y, S, E. Yeah. And there are also verbs that always take an S rather than a Z in both American and British English, including advertise, compromise, exercise, revise, advise, despise, <laughs> impor, improvise, supervise, comprise, and promise. That's like oh. some sort of poem, really, that I was reading, wasn't I it? Again, we'll include the full list in the PDF. So next up is the serial comma. Oh, do we even dare <laughs> to no. go here, Louise? Yeah, no. <laughs> this is the final comma that can be placed in a list before a coordinating conjunction. So, for example, Denise edits academic, comma, business, comma, and education texts. Now that comma before and is the serial comma. Some people think this is an American convention, that Brits don't favour serial commas. That's not the case. We do use them. It's a style. It's a question of style, um, choice and clarity. Absolutely. And in fact, some editors, writers, printers and publishers in the UK call it the Oxford comma because it was traditionally favoured by Oxford University Press. But serial commas are not right or wrong, they are optional in the broadest sense and sometimes they're essential in order to avoid confusion regardless of where you live or what style yeah. you're using. Next up are M dashes and those are the dashes that are 
three times as long as a hyphen. If you think Brits don't use them, think again, we do. Yes, in fiction, they're the mark of choice for end of line interruptions in dialogue. And now it is true that closed up M dashes are more common in American English writing than in British English when used parenthetically. But even that's not clear cut, is it? Um, I've worked on US English books that chose spaced M dashes instead. And Oxford University Press calls for closed up M dashes in its star guide. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've, I've worked... Um, to the OUP style guide and actually I quite enjoy using an M dash for a wee change because yeah, yeah I, I, most of my work would be with um, spaced N dashes but absolutely M dashes are used um, it's just a style choice yeah uh -huh. okay let's talk now about the which that conundrum so here we're talking about restrictive relative clauses and whether to use which or that so an example would be anything which gets kids eating vegetables is worth talking about versus anything that gets kids eating vegetables is worth talking about. Now, um, while it's true that British English is less prescriptive about this, it's not true to say that the use of that is an Americanism and the use of which is a Britishism. That's not the case. Most professional editors, regardless of where they live, would bend towards that mm. because the distinction is recognised in British English grammar and because British editors recognise that many writers are penning for a global audience. Absolutely. Um, you and I would both use that in the example that I gave. Uh, and it really is one of those things that's not about Americans do it this way and Brits do it that. It's far more nuanced. Yeah. And we certainly wouldn't want any American writers or editors thinking, oh, well, this book is going to be um, in British English, so I'd better choose which for all my restrictive relative clauses. That would be a massive and unnecessary hypercorrection. Yeah. Yeah. And we do not want hypercorrections. No. Yeah. <laughs> so we recommend thinking in terms of style, clarity and audience when it comes to any of these issues. Yeah, that's a much more purposeful approach, I think, rather than labelling things as this is, Amer this is the American way, mm. this is the British way, because so often there are variations and preferences are changing all the time. And we've talked about some of this stuff when we, um, when, when we chat with Rob Drummond about um, pedantry and peevery, don't yeah, we? Yeah, definitely. That's in episode two. Yeah. So now it's time for Editing Bytes, which is the regular bit of the show where we each recommend a favourite resource that we think you'll find useful. And this week, mine is the very appropriate video interview, which um, we recorded with Lynn Murphy, who is a linguist. Um, and it was recorded at last year's Society for Editors and Proofreaders conference. And in the video, Lynn talks about the differences between US and UK Englishes. Um, drawing on all her experience as a linguist and as an American living in the UK. She's she's another some someone else who's always worth a listen isn't she? Oh she always, definitely. She always educates you but she always makes you laugh as well. <laughs> yes I really and we like I, that. <laughs> we do we like that. I wish I'd blagged that one actually. Ah. Um, uh, so mine is a complimentary resource on the Oxford Lexico website called The Differences Between British and American Terms. So this is a handy list of British terms and expressions and their more common American variants, though our languages are merging all the time. Anyway, it's, it's, it's the biscuit, cookie, braces, suspenders thing. Um, some of the stuff will be obvious, um, but there were some things in that list that I didn't know the US variations for, so it's a good first step. 
Yeah, it's a good, like you say, it's a good point of reference before maybe looking elsewhere. Mm. Great. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. You can rate, review and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever platform you prefer. And we've put all the links we've mentioned in the show notes so you can grab everything there. And if you have any other questions about whether um, something is standard in one English or another, drop us a line via the Editing Podcast Facebook page and we'll tackle it in another episode. That's it for now. Bye-bye. Bye.